we're just doing it all. Cool. I'm so excited. It's going to be so fun. We're going to have such a good um, time, David. <laughs> How many coffees have you got in that? Like four espressos? Oh, only one. You know what? I have a problem where I can never finish my coffee. Like I'll be nursing this thing the whole day. It's like really bad. Why? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I just, I just like can't do it. There's just so much in there. It's like so much liquid. What kind of coffee is it? Just black. <laughs> it's just black coffee and it just goes cold and you sip it all day. Well, yeah, but I microwave it a lot, which probably is bad, but like, whatever. YOLO. I'm going to spat my coffee out then. Sorry about that. <laughs> cool. Uh, Let's get this party started. Let's go. Um, so I think just a good way to start, just for people who, who've never seen you, don't know who you are. Can you give like an overview of, you know, who you are, what you do at the moment? And then what we'll do is we'll, we can just go into like your, your background and walk through your story and stuff so people can get um, a bit more context about what you've done. Great. Cool. Let's go. All right. Oh, I have to start that that, that now. That was me asking you. That was me asking you. <laughs> oh, I thought you were saying that we're going to do that and then you're going to do some introduction. Should I just should I just start doing that? I'm keeping this in by the <laughs> way. I think this is good good entertainment. <laughs> okay, yeah. Well, we can get started then. Um, my name's Julia. I live in New York City and I work in tech sales. I'm currently an account executive, but before I was a SDR or sales development rep for a bit of time, I was an SDR and then a senior SDR and I finally made it to be an AE, which is like the most exciting thing ever. Um, but yeah, that's like a little bit about my, you know, work history there. So yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And obviously people like, how long have you been building your, your personal brand on LinkedIn? Because that's how I came across you. I think I came across you because you maybe commented on something or I saw you comment on someone else's post and um, it might have been the guys at Lavender maybe, but it was definitely, I saw your your thing and then I saw your LinkedIn profile, which said Slay E, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> and then I started going through your profile. So anyone who's listening to this, go on Julia's profile and just read it because it is really funny. I was actually showing it to a couple of people the other day because they were um, they were asking me uh, just like personal branding tips and like how you post content and stuff. And I was like, I was saying, actually, Julia's coming on my podcast this week, and hers is like well, the funniest one I've seen. And she like your your LinkedIn is like such a good example of just be yourself and like you're not going to get fired. It it can just be like silly and like memes and. Um, it doesn't have to be very corporate. But what I found funny as well is, because you can sort of you can sort of see your evolution of your confidence on LinkedIn by going through your career history. Because if you look at Smartly, it's very unless I've read this wrong. Yeah, it's very. It's like everyone else's. It's very corporate. It's very like um, formal. And then if you look at your new job. The description on the actual career history is very different so i find it quite funny to like compare them so good yeah well it is funny so 
I started posting on LinkedIn maybe about two years ago as like a complete joke. Like, honestly, I was so bored at work. So like as the SDR job is incredibly tedious and like mind numbing a little bit. You're just like kind of on this hamster wheel always going. So I was so bored all day. So I would just make these like TikToks that were memes about being an SDR. And I just started posting them on LinkedIn as kind of a joke. And then what happened was this guy named Stefan reached out to me. I had like a little bit of traction, but like nothing really. And he was like, oh, like, can you come on my podcast? Um, I was like, you know what? Sure. YOLO. Why not? I got nothing. Like, sure. And then because I went on that podcast, um, the Lavender, Will from Lavender, like posted about my podcast because I talked about how I use email and like how I've had a lot of success with email. And obviously they're like an email company. So um, I'm sure they found that to be interesting, but they posted it. And then I kind of just blew up from there, I guess. But it's been a total evolution like i've definitely gotten more confident <laughs> with my roast and my post at first it was a bit more like hee hee tips and now i'm like literally posting like crying cat memes <laughs> and just calling people out yeah i think this is where like linkedin's going though because i started posting on linkedin like i want to say just over two years ago um and i feel like maybe it's a generational thing but I feel like the new uh, sort of content creators on LinkedIn, who are all you know sort of mid to late twenties, early thirties, they it, there's definitely more of like a casual tone to it. And you've got people like yourself, and you know people like the you know Will Aitken at Lavender, um, turning it more into like a fun platform rather than a super boring, you know, uh, clinical platform where you weren't allowed to have fun it was all very much like posting about what you do and projects you're working on and consulting and strategy and all that kind of stuff so it's definitely like a yeah. fun platform to go on like i actually go on linkedin i don't know about you but like i used to use linkedin just for sourcing candidates and that was it and i considered it very boring like the new the, even my feed was so dull but i actually go <laughs> on it now like because it's fun like it's, i actually find, find it quite fun to go on same. I know. I spend way too much time on LinkedIn now. I think, too, the nature of the casualness also comes, like, I think prospecting and outreach is kind of moving in that direction a little bit. I think that, like, outreach and just sales in general, at least for, like, the sales community on LinkedIn, I think outreach is kind of moving in a different direction where before people would write these long emails, you know, that are so formal to people. Now it's, like, incredibly just like, hey, saw this do you want this? Let me know. Like, it's just a very different vibe than it was before, um, which maybe has something to do with it. But yeah, I love going on LinkedIn. I find it to be really fun. Um, but you can definitely tell when there's people who are really like being themselves or there's people who are just like posting to like post. They're like, I got a post today. Need to, you know, hit my one daily post. And then it's like, what the heck are you saying? <laughs> so on that, actually, while we're talking about this, so, um, do you have any rules for LinkedIn? Like, do you have a structure? Do you have a certain amount of comments you do? Um, do you have a maximum amount of posts that you do a day because of the algorithm, like suppressing things? Because I found, um, it's, it's funny, I was talking to someone about this the other day. I, I have like this issue and I'm actually getting tested for ADHD at the moment, but I have this issue where like, when I get into things, I have a million ideas a second. Like, 
um, when I got into TikTok and posted content on TikTok like a year ago, I, my problem is I'll I'll have like 15 ideas that day and I want to implement them all right now and post them all right now. And on LinkedIn, thank God they've actually put into get put together like a scheduling tool so you can actually like lump things in now. But um, I just think it's a bit of a shame that it's not more like Twitter where you can post six times a day and not be punished for it. I don't know. Are you seeing that at all? Like if you post more than, you know, once or twice a day? Yeah. So I don't really have any strategy. I just post when I feel like posting, but I'm like you, I have so many ideas. So I just have this like note stock of like random ideas I have. Um, but I literally have no strategy. Like I just go on LinkedIn and go rogue. Sometimes I'll post multiple times in a day. If I have something to say, like, the other day, like sales off updated their UI and it literally is the worst thing ever. It's so stupid. Whoever did that, I hate you. <laughs> you have made my life so hard. Um, so I'd already posted something, but then I posted, I was like, whoever updated the sales left UI, like chose violence <laughs> or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I think, I don't know. I guess if you're posting a lot in one day, maybe it would have a negative effect, but I'm also not really. I don't really care how things do or not do. I'm just kind of on LinkedIn for funsies, which I think is also why people kind of resonate with what I'm saying and what I'm doing. So it's like, oh, Julia's just being Julia. Like, <laughs> so, um, but so yeah, no strategy. We'll, I mean, we'll get to, we'll get to this sort of later on just for the sort of logic sense. But um, I want to ask you like quickly now before I forget, do you win much business on LinkedIn? And did you do you book many meetings on LinkedIn, or is it or email? Like, do you even bother with LinkedIn? Yeah, that's a good question. So, in terms of like booking any sort of meeting, like in terms of side hustle sales stuff, so much stuff. In terms of my actual profession, like my job that I do, which obviously is like what takes up almost all my time. Um, no, because my prospects are not like salespeople. My community is pretty much all like my network is pretty much all salespeople. Um, I've kind of experimented with posting stuff about digital marketing because that's who my prospects are, but it's very inauthentic because I'm not like a digital marketer. So me going on LinkedIn, like, Hey, here's how to optimize your Facebook campaign. Like I've never run a Facebook campaign in my life. So why are they going to believe me? Like I have a sales title at a company that I'm trying to sell them. And like, it just doesn't really work for me. Um, I do sometimes like LinkedIn message people, I'll connect with them and message them if they're like a prospect who I've been emailing. But honestly, I don't think unless your community is all your ICP and you're like really making content and engaging with content about what you're selling. Great. If not, it's honestly kind of useless. <laughs> yeah. But it's, for side hustle stuff, it's great. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, I can imagine. Because, like, you you were obviously, like, you are showcasing your personality. And for, for stuff like that, it's it's so much better. But, that's, you know, you, you mentioned something there around... <laughs> I actually see it so often. People are trying to build personal brands. And their strategy is so bizarre. Because... Um, like recruiters, for example, th this is one of the weirdest ones I see. So recruiters <laughs> who I know want to build personal brands um, who like recruit into tech sales, right? So their target audience is actually SDRs and AEs. They'll post tips for other recruiters. And I'm just like, but 
you your network of recruiters is actually probably incredibly small like why why would you be connecting with recruiters the only reason you would be connecting with recruiters yeah. is if you're trying to grow your own business to like you know trying to interview recruiters so i'm just like i don't understand why would you post recruitment tips and um i suppose if you like if you did that to help out your prospects but the, the the tips i see which again i just find so strange is they're like they're they're like giving tips to recruiters like to win more business themselves that's weird and mm. then they do stuff like what you just said they'll start they'll do software engineering so they'll post about software engineering and it, like they'll post news like look at this new language and the, and the developers the software engineers are just like <laughs> you're kidding like you know nothing about this you have no interest in it and now i don't want to work with you yeah you're so disingenuous yeah i think it's hard too because also when you make your entire like linkedin brand about the company you work for like god forbid if something happens or whatever like you're kind of you've lost everything you've kind of created there um or if you move jobs or for some reason you you leave um, so I think if you are to kind of go on LinkedIn and, and post, like, I think post about what, you know, um, and I guess if they're recruiters talking about recruitment tips, like sure, but you also want to, you know, interact with other recruiters and like build a community around that versus like building your community around like all your prospects. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a weird one. And it's like, um, lavender as well. Probably getting the sponsor of this podcast. We've already mentioned like four times, but it's uh, <laughs> <laughs> what I'm seeing more and more of is the tone you strike on LinkedIn if you are going to try and win business. Like it's, it's it's sort of like what I'm seeing anyway, and I I don't know what you're seeing, but it's it's almost like emails had a resurgence, and LinkedIn is now like where people were winning business on LinkedIn a few years ago by basically treating it like email, people aren't responding to that anymore for whatever reason. And now LinkedIn's almost like where you give people free stuff, market, you know, have casual conversations and build, build relationships, whatever, but you don't really sell because, um, they'll reach out to you if they're interested on LinkedIn, but on email because of like, I saw it described the other day um as i think it was will aitken again um i need to stop talk we should we just not talk about lavender for the rest of the podcast <laughs> but it's uh it's annoying because so, all this stuff's so great and i love i love both wheels as well but um i think it was will aitken or will arad one of the two they said it was like a um what's the term when you like you're in the office and you call a call a water cooler chat water cooler chat so oh yeah 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 so they said it was like linkedin was like water cooler chat you don't like pitch people on there that's a terrible way to do it and then and then they're never going to engage with your stuff moving forward but if you sort of like have water cooler chat with people have casual conversations in the dms and you're posting content as well well probably because you're interacting on the dms they're going to see your content way more because of the algorithm etc and then they'll see what you do and when they're ready to buy your top of mind anyway and then and then yeah. with email like within the context of the email inbox people are very happy to have to be pitched via email but they don't want that stuff invading their their linkedin and i suppose it's sort of like now i'm thinking about it 
if someone if the same person pitched you on Facebook or Twitter and then pitched you on email, you'd probably be like, yeah, I suppose it's I suppose it's sort of like don't cold call me at home, but you can cold call me at work. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a fair fair point. I think I think LinkedIn is really good for like sales to sales or maybe sales to marketing, kind of things like that where if you know, like you were kind of saying, like the lavender people are posting about like email and a lot of their network is like sellers and people hear about it through that and then they get interested and they want to sign up. And yeah, I think it's more of an inbound vibe. Like you're kind of putting it all out there and then people will come to you if you're interested. Um, but yeah, I think email is like pretty fair game for anyone. I think email can work as long as your list is good. And you just like make your messaging really straightforward. I think a lot of people struggle with like who to reach out with, uh, like who to reach out to. I mean, whereas on LinkedIn, like people are usually more coming to you because if you start putting yourself out there, people will be like, hey, um, I love what you're doing. Like, let's chat because um, the pitch is kind of awkward on LinkedIn because people try and like make a casual conversation. They're like, hey, Julia, how's it going? And you're like, dude, just like you're, you have an AE name in your title. Like, what do you, what are you pitching me? You know? Um, so I prefer like, if I am going to pitch someone on LinkedIn, I just say it literally first message. I'm like, Hey, I just want to connect because of X, Y, Z. We're doing X, Y, Z. Let me know <laughs> if you want to check it out. Um, so yeah, I think with LinkedIn, you just got to like go for it. Whereas on email, you can kind of, you know, just keep them through the sequence. Yeah. But before we get into all that, because I've got loads of questions, more questions to ask you around emailing and stuff. Um, yes. Your your background. Then. So how did you, how did you even like get to where you were at? Because if anyone, <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> can you can you just walk us through like that your career to date, where, where it's actually got you to to where you are in your current position? Yes. So I graduated 2020 in the pandemic, which was really annoying. But honestly, I feel way worse for the people younger than me because. They had college like totally screwed over, whereas I just, you know, was kind of screwed over for a little bit. So it sucked, but other people had it worse. But so I graduated then and I didn't have a job, obviously, because it was like coronavirus and no one was hiring anyone. So I was so bored at home. So I worked like three jobs. So I worked at this boutique, uh, like a store, and I was selling clothes there. And then I was babysitting and then I was working for this like you know, local startup, this like alcohol beverage startup. And I was helping them like with their interns and stuff. So I was really busy, but I was like, I need to get to New York. I'm just dying to get to New York. I need to get there. And a bunch of my friends worked at this, one of those like expert networking companies, which is basically like recruiting where companies are like, Hey, I need someone who's an expert in blah, blah, blah. And then we just like recruit them for like a little consultation or something. It was the worst job ever, literally the worst job of my life. Like I quit after five months. I was like, this is so bad. Um, you're just sending cold DMs that suck every day, like hundreds of them, thousands of them every week. Like, hi, and it's all manual. They don't have any automations. It was just so, it was very dark. Um, but in that job, I was on like the private equity branch. So I was researching stuff for all these private equity firms. And obviously private equity firms are very interested in technology. Mm. So all I was doing all day was researching tech companies. And I came across the name of this company called Smartly. 
um, who was like a competitor to this other company they were interested in, I guess. But I was like, this company looks kind of cool. Like they had five stars on Glassdoor. They're based in Finland. So they're like super nice. And the SDR job sounded pretty close to a recruiting job. Like you're just doing cold outreach. So I was like, perfect. Great. Sign me up. So I applied, somehow got the job. Um, and then I worked there for a year and it was really great, like learning experience, um, because they train you for like two or three months. So like, you're really getting trained. Um, they really encouraged us to like try out everything. There was a pretty big team. It was very like, you know, structured. So really great place to start. They're just really slow to promote people. And I was just getting so bored. I was like, I need to do something else. And so then the startup reached out to me who happened to be in the same space as my old company, uh, smartly paid social softwares. And they're like, Hey, you should come work here and be, and we'll promote you. And I was like, say no more. <laughs> and so now I'm here and I was the senior SDR and now I'm an account executive and I love it it's so much fun. So, cause it's, the SDR role is quite funny because some people seem to like it. Mo most people don't. Because they sort of see it as a stepping stone to the AE role, because the AE role is yeah. paid. I, I know this because my brother's just literally just gone through this at the moment. Um, yeah, but some people do love that, like you know, prospecting um, game and like the 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 craziness of, craziness of it. I, I personally didn't either. But did you like? Did you know anything about sales before you went into it, or like did you read any sales books, anything, or did you just go in cold and you were just like, this sounds interesting? Yeah, I just went in cold, but also with my current AE role too, like we were a startup, so I don't have like SDRs. Um, we were a really small team. So like, I'm still doing the job of an SDR plus being an AE. Um, so I'm still like prospecting and like doing cold outbound and all that stuff. I just get to close it now, which is like yeah. way more fun. Um, but yeah, I didn't know anything. I've just been really lucky. I think all my sales managers have been like amazing, literally like, the best people ever who've just been so helpful and great. So I've learned pretty much everything from them. Um, but yeah, cause our team, I, we used to have a head of sales and he's the best and he started his own company. So I'm so proud of him. Um, but yeah, he taught me pretty much everything I know about closing stuff. <laughs> so the SDR role, the, the, um, the last one you had, what was the ratio of like emailing and, and cold calling? So no one really did cold calls. <laughs> they, okay. they tried to get us to kind of do them, but no one really did. I think certain ICPs respond better to cold calls. Like if you're going after like lawyers or like automobile dealerships, things where like people are on the phone and answer the phone, I think cold calling can work really well. Sometimes like sales to sales, cause they kind of get it. It can work fine. But for some reason with like performance marketers and just what we were selling, it was they just, it just wasn't really yielding much fruit and email was working really well. Cause it's also very visual. A lot of the product we're selling mm -hmm. is like very creative driven. So have being able to like send examples and not just like explain over the phone, like, Hey, we can make your creative look good. Um, showing them like actual examples was better. So honestly, I've never really had a cold calling role. Um, I mean, I cold called at my first like recruiting job thing, but not really at either jobs <laughs> after yeah. that none of my sdr jobs have been cold call heavy it's uh 
It's a very hot topic on LinkedIn at the moment, isn't it? I've seen you comment on about it. Well, everyone's like, you need to cold call. Cold calling's not dead. And people are like, cold email. Everything's dead. You know, everything is dead, okay? We get it. Like, there's all these privacy laws. It's hard to, like, go through spam filters. Like, I get it. Everything is dead. But you just got to work with what you have. And if one channel is more fruitful than another, stay with that one. Like, if you're booking a lot over, like, cold calling, like, fabulous. Like, just keep doing it. If you're booking a lot over email, stay with it. Um, but you have to pick your battles in sales. Like not everything is perfect. And sometimes you have to, you know, you have to choose where you're going to fight the fight. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I love your attitude because you're so positive. Like so many people are skeptical in sales, um, which is like, maybe you just haven't been in it long enough. I don't know. But it's, <laughs> uh, it's, it's funny, like, because so many people get so skeptical, skeptical about all aspects of it. Um, like even down to like training and stuff. Like I used to work with this guy. He was... Um, it was like an inbound sales role, like an in insurance when I just got mm -hmm. into sales. And uh, I remember him saying to me, because I'm like super into personal development. I'm, I, my whole bookcase over there yeah. is just full of all the latest sales books and, and whatever. Love it. Um, and I was, I was like reading sales books on my lunch for an inbound role. I didn't really need to. Um, but he was like, why are you doing that? And I was like, well, because I want to get better at sales. And he was like, yeah, yeah well, I've, had, I've had a few sales training over the years. And I was like, it's all the same. I was like, it's not all the same, though, is it? Like, because no. you're not very good either, so. Yeah, we're not good. <laughs> well, it's true. Like, all sales, I think there's a lot of advice on LinkedIn, but, like, and same with books, all this stuff, but all these sales are so, so, so different, and you really need to just pick out the advice that works for you. Like, what works for me, I'm super heavy on email. I pretty much automate everything, but I'm also, like, a one-man team at a startup, and my product is visual, and mm. email tends to kind of work better for these people. So not everyone should be doing what I'm doing, 100% no. But you just got to figure out like what works for you and your ICP and like where you're thriving. Um, yeah, because a lot of people are like, you got to send personalized videos. I'm like, no, I'm not sending personalized videos. Like, no. Yeah. No one on them for me. <laughs> It's it's funny actually. I thought I think you do really well over videos, but like, why do you want to send them then? Is it just the effort? No, it's like just these. My ICP just like does not give a shit. They right. just like don't want to see it. You know, they're not salespeople. They don't care. They don't know me. It's like I'm not clicking on your video, no matter how good I make the video personalized to them. They don't care. Um, and then a lot of people are like, well, you have to like go on Canva and make like a special background, and I'm like, I'm not doing that. That's too much effort. Um, I also will say though, I think for uh, another thing with the ICP is like some company or some people, some reps get like really small account lists. Like you have like a hundred accounts and like, you need to break into those hundred. So in that case, like pop off with the time consuming tasks, but mm. I have no account list. Like I just YOLO every day, live, laugh, love. I just do whatever I want. So, you know, it's not like I have this exhausted list of leads that I need to like really harp on. Like I can just find someone else and just hit them up instead and see if they'll reply. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting because I've seen you talk about this before. So with regards to personalization versus relevance, mm -hmm. right? I think you, you're do you've either done it or you're doing it soon. Um, there's a, yes. you're doing a chat, right? So there's, there's, there seems to be two schools of thought at the moment. And I, I, I've, I've sort of like, it's funny because when I was a recruiter, 
So I actually stopped doing cold calling in like COVID because I moved solely over to the startup world and we didn't have yeah. the software for the numbers. We just, cause it's so expensive. Mm. Um, yeah. so, you know, like you said, you just work with what you have. I couldn't do totally. cold calls anymore. I've been doing cold yeah. calls at that point for like on and off eight years. And, yeah. um, I was like, okay, cool. I need to get better at writing. You know, I need to get better at sending messages. And I, you know, I tried loads of stuff out and, and unless you, you know, you take advice from colleagues, but like, unless your colleagues like a copywriter, do you know what I mean? Like they're, they're just sort of giving yeah. you their opinion of their own methods that they, they may or may not have the results from. Yeah. I'm like, well, if you're booking a lot of meetings, I would love to know what you're doing. But if you're not, I'm not yeah. going to listen to you. <laughs> yeah. People, they just sort of, they just operate on like theory of like their own, of what they think has worked. And then they yeah. pass the knowledge on and it's actually like really poor advice. Like you speak to so someone who's- So bad. Yeah. Yeah. So um, bad. So yeah, so what I was saying. So personalization versus relevance. So oh, what yeah. are your thoughts on spending, I think I saw it the other day, um, it's, there's like the 555 method, five minutes on research, five minutes on something, five minutes on writing the email. So it's super personalized and you're only sending like four emails an hour, but that, you know, that person's going to get an awesomely personalized message, which is very specific to them. Um, it's probably going to get through the spam filter better, et cetera. Or is it better to, instead of spending so much time on the email and, and, you know, still spend some time on the email, obviously, but you're actually better off creating a super targeted list of people to then send basically the same email to, but because that's so curated and so specific, the list, um, it, the email is going to be relevant to them and it's going to seem personalized. So yeah. What, what do you think? Yeah, that's totally my strategy. That second one, but I like to think relevance is why I'm reaching out to you. Um, whereas personalization is I made this message for you, which I think both have a time and place in the world, but. I mean, obviously in theory, all your messages should be relevant, but I just find it to be much um, easier to make a really curated list just based on certain triggers. Like, so for me, I sell to paid social marketers who run the specific ad unit on Meta. So I'm just like, hey, so I go and check on Meta and I'm like, hee hee, like they're running it, perfect. So then once I like QA that they are a good fit, then they can all kind of get the same message uh, from there. Is it like the best for my spam filters and deliverability? Like probably not, but again, got to pick my battles. And this is just a battle that I have to go down because I'm a one man show. But I think if you have a really small list of accounts, take your time. If you have a big list of accounts, you can kind of, or you're really, really busy. You can go for the more relevant automated vibe. Um, I really just think it depends on, on what you're working with. But for me, I don't really personalize much. I think it's too much of a time suck for my day and I'm booking meetings just fine without it. So I don't really need it. <laughs> so can you just like walk us through your actual, your actual process in a bit more detail though? So how are you, cause you're saying like they're super targeted, right? So mm -hmm. what are you actually looking for? Um, how long does it take you to create this list? Like, is it five minutes? Is it two hours? Like how, how much, how, what is this actually working in re how is this actually working in reality? Um, 
and then how long are you then spending on the email like are you tweaking the email at all is it just a a mass email that you've like you know okay um this is the way i'm thinking about it in my head and it might not be this deep but are you like have you written an email for um, marketing managers of companies that are 20 to 55 people who uh you know live in a certain location who focus on a certain technology and and then you're like mentioning that in the email so it looks like you've personalized it or is it not that complicated no it's not that complicated so um my email so once i've qa'd everyone i'm like okay all of these companies are running the ad unit that i want and they look the way that i want then I find the people who run the ads. Those are like my target, the marketing people who run the ads. I'm like, perfect, find you. Beep, up, boop, put, put them in the sales loft. And then my cadence is not at all that specific. It's literally just like, hey, I saw you're running white background product ads on Facebook. Like that's literally just what I'm calling out. And then I'm like, hey, have you ever tried adding branding to those? <laughs> and then I show like, I have a before and after image of just like a, broad example. I'm like, let me know what you think. So everyone gets the same email, which probably isn't the best, but also I'm not prospecting like a million people at these companies. Like these companies really have tops, like three people who could really probably be relevant anyways. So I really keep the, the list small, but as an AE, so that was like my full-time job as an SDR. I'm just like scraping leads all day. It was really manual because I had to manually check if they're running the ads. And there's no, no database out there that has this company is running white background dynamic product ads. So you have to manually check, which is annoying, but whatever. Then I find the people, put them in. But as an AE, we actually, like, I've automated the entire outbound process, which is pretty sick. So we have this service called DataBees, and they are like an outsourced, it's basically like a database, but all human, like everyone is checking it for you. So there's people who basically like build the list for me. I give them the companies and then they just find all the people and check if they're running the ads I want. And then I just plop them in my automated cadence and I say, see you later, have so much fun. And I set up triggers too. So like if someone views one of my emails three times or more, so like one email, they've opened it like a bunch of times, then I'll kind of like do a little finessing um, I'll send them some more personalized stuff, but most of the time I just let them rip and I'm like, have a good time. I hope that you respond to me. <laughs> so, um, a couple things there. You said you, att you attach a picture in the first message, like a screenshot. I or... do, which is controversial. Yeah. So I have that... an image in every message. But is it like attached or is it like in the body of the message like you've pasted it in? I've pasted it in, in the body of the message. It's not attached. Interesting. Cause I would have thought- Yeah, a lot of people are like, it's messing up your deliverability. But mm. the, the thing is, again, picking my battles, I'm getting replies because of the message. Like all the replies I get are because of the examples I send. Cause they're like, oh, that looks great. I want to do that. So is it the best for deliverability? Like, I don't know. But also I saw this pie chart once where it's like things that impact deliverability. And I think images are, it's not really that much. Like, it's really not that yeah. bad. Well, th this is really <laughs> interesting though, because like, because um, just going back to like the whole theory versus practice thing I was talking about earlier, 
most people don't know about emailing. I didn't. I've nah. been doing it for years. Like I've been sending sales emails yeah. for years. And it's yeah. only really it's only really like late last year I really started looking into it. Um Yeah. And I think to be honest with you, I think it was the reason was I'm quite friendly with Will Aitken because I knew him from TikTok, connected on LinkedIn. Yeah. He went to Lavender. Lavender obviously mm -hmm. like a poster boy for emails as far as i'm aware yeah and i was like is it really that deep though like how, do you really need an ai tool for for emails like surely it isn't that complicated <laughs> um but then i was like well of course it is it's copyright it is so it's very complicated yeah um but this is all that like, my point is like most people don't know about emailing like 98 percent of people in sales probably don't really give their emails much for in recruitment it's at some of the emails i've started like analyzing people's emails like helping them as part of my service because i've realized there's a massive need for it um and recruitment tends to be so far behind tech sales in terms of our like, evolution like recruiters are doing yeah. things that tech sales people were doing in 2014 like pattern interrupts and stuff but yeah um it's you see all this stuff on LinkedIn about, you know, don't do attachments, don't do images and stuff. But then you speak to people like you and you're like, well, I do it and I get results. So like, clearly it works. Yeah. Um, totally. What about subject lines? Yeah, I, I find that I subject lines, I just do like really short kind of internal sounding subject lines that have to do with my email. So, you know, if you're selling deliverability software, you, the subject line could literally just be email deliverability <laughs> like really really basic i just find that it first of all it ties in with the message it's gonna probably get clicked on more than a title that's like julia x david chat you know or Ooh, mark that. yeah <laughs> no that's bad that is bad behavior we do not stand this behavior we don't do the names we don't do the my company your company no because that's salesy and annoying and maybe it worked a while ago but mm. it doesn't work anymore and emails like always evolving like you know in the beginning like things that worked a while ago aren't working now and things that work now aren't going to work in the future so you just got to keep evolving with it you know i have a feeling that certain things like the ps the personalized ps like that's going to die out in like a year or something everyone's going to do it it's all going to sound the same and then it's gonna like not really work very well anymore. So everything is moving and grooving as time goes on. It's a good way to put it. I like it. Yeah, it's. Um, yeah, I've just started doing the PS thing because I saw an infographic on LinkedIn about how the response rates are higher. Um, you yeah. know, it's it's, yeah. it's response rate been higher. No. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be honest with you. I'm not very good at like data <laughs> analytics. Like, do you track data and analytics and stuff? I mean, like, like vaguely, but you would kind of start to notice just objectively if you started getting way more replies, you know, like I've never, I've kind of tested with the PS stuff. I don't really, I think unless you've got really something good to say that you really can't tie in anywhere else, throw it in there and it has a time and place, but everyone, the problem is when all these trends arise, everyone starts to do it. And it sounds like, like. Also with um, like Gong released all these templates from like influencers, which is awesome. Like, and all these frameworks are great um, in their like engaged platform. But guess what? There's gonna be all these people who are like 
this top performer is using this template. I'm just going to copy it verbatim and just send it out. And then everyone's going to be sending the same exact emails, um, which is so silly. So I think going with the framework is way better than like the template because things will get exhausted. Like the PS is going to die at some point. It's going to live its life and die in death. Yeah. <laughs> I think everything does that, like in cold calling as well. Um, totally. Because I've like, I've made a big effort over the last year, especially as I've moved into coaching and consulting. Like I, I felt like I was good enough at the time to do it because I was like, well, I've had results. I've got years of experience. I've got a good network and loads of testimonials. So I was like, yeah. I but I need to like, like you said, things change. Things that were working three years ago because yeah. one of the reasons is because people are now copying everyone that was, it was working for that. Everyone's doing it now. So it's no longer working. So you've got to stay on top of this stuff. Um, but like like cold calling for example pattern interrupts are a, are a big thing like you know um let me steal 30 seconds of your time and you want to hang up now that sort of stuff but then yeah. might die in a few years and, you, and then that's now the annoying thing so yeah <laughs> it's it's been really interesting to um to see like what do you think of um you know when you put re colon in front of your email what do you oh think yeah that? no no bad bad behavior first of all if it's a re like a re email it should be in the same thread so i thread email so it'll be like re whatever because it's in the thread that's how emails work but like doing it just in the first email to get an open is so like deceptive and it's like fake you know it's interesting you say that and i put myself out there because i've done this and i've had really good success with it which goes back yeah. to my, um, it goes back <laughs> to my like um my point about data analytics and stuff. I talk about this stuff and I've had result I have had yeah. results, but I don't have the data to back it up and I haven't bothered to go through it and I never will because I'm just not I'm I'm yeah. particularly similar to you in that I know what's working and I know what isn't. Just intuitively I know what's working and know what isn't. Um, totally. My problem with data and analytics, as much as it's great, and you know, I use a lot of stuff based on data that other people get, like infographics about PSs and whatever. Um, but there's always a part of me that's like, okay, cool, but what's the context? Who are they selling to? Yeah. What's their ICP? Um, you know, it. There's probably with this, with this kind of stuff, especially emails. There's so much going on. You can't just say. You know, people who use PS have higher response rate. Done. That's it. End of story. It's yeah. like, okay, cool, but how good was the the actual email? What time did they send? Yeah, it? Who um, did they send it to? that's so true. The, the the sample group, um, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, well, people too are like, I have such a high open rate response rate. I'm like, well, you sent like 50 emails. Like, of course you have a high mm. response rate and a high open rate. Sending 500 emails, you'll have a very different set of data to deal with than 10 emails. You know. So people all the time are like, my open rate is 60%. I'm like, yeah, because you didn't send that many emails. Like, of course it was 60%. I'd like to see you send it out to more people <laughs> and mm. then see what happens. <laughs> yeah. And also, like, again, depends on your market. What's a good open rate in your market? Like, totally. we used to do, um, like in recruitment, for example, and this is what really annoys me about LinkedIn, because on um, LinkedIn Recruiter, if you... If your open rate is below, I think it's 13% over a six-week period, you then get mm -hmm. banned. So you literally can't use the thing you're actually paying for, which is very expensive, 
Um, you get yeah. banned for like two weeks or something. And um, oh when you get banned, it's like you can't use the um, the batch send thing. You can't select all and send. Uh, you have to do it individually, um, which sucks. Mm. But it, you know, if your if your market is SDRs, your response rate is going to be three times as higher than yeah. someone who's looking for lead software engineers who do not want to be disturbed and only check LinkedIn yeah. once every two years when they're looking for a job. Yeah, literally. Yeah, that's a good point. Every every industry is definitely different. So you got to like figure out what works for you and your people. I think take little nuggets of information. Like if that re-subject line works well for you, like go for it. Sure. If it's working, do it. I don't really care. But uh, yeah, it definitely takes a lot of trial and error to figure out yeah what do you yeah i was because i've got this um this whatsapp group i set up a few weeks ago with like recruiters so it's got like we've got like 100 directors in there now and we all share ideas and there's lots of disagreements and stuff as you can imagine with salespeople. um yeah and i said i was like i put a message in i was like uh because everyone was talking about subject lines and i was like to be honest with you guys i know you're gonna hate on me and i know you're gonna tell me it's wrong and i know you're gonna tell me and you know people i respect in the email game are gonna say you're an idiot um or stop doing that like you just did and i know this but um (laughs) i was like i'm just telling you what's worked for me okay i know it's totally and a lot of the people i've won as clients over the years have responded to an re because i used it so much yeah it worked for me if you don't want to use it, don't use it. I know it's yeah. I know it's not good practice and I can understand the deceptive theory around it. But and, and also like the reason people don't do it when I tell people to do it or give it a go, just try it. Um yeah. is they're like, Yeah, but they might re- they're gonna respond and say, Are oh, you you little weasel, you've tricked me into opening this email. We never had a thread. Um that's happened to me yeah. twice in five years, honestly. Yeah. Um, I feel like most people wouldn't call you out for it. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's the thing as well, because it's like, you know, some people won't, with the RE thing, some people, again, all in theory, but they might look at it and look at the email thread and be like, oh, you've tricked me, and then just never reply, but I don't know, I've pissed them off, do you know what I mean? So, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah it's, it's, it's an interesting one, um, but, you know, I've, I, I hadn't done it in a while, because I've been doing, like, all the best practice stuff, and I was like, screw it, I'll give it a go, yeah. i send out a few emails. See go. You your re like re is my pictures <laughs> yeah exactly exactly that's a really good um it's a really good example so and then follow-ups as well so do you do anything special for follow-ups or is it just as simple as like thoughts i don't do the bump email like the thoughts or the let me know what you think i don't i just don't bother with that every email i have has like a different kind of value prop associated with it so like my first email, I'll send like a before and after example. The next email, I'm like, hey, like only reaching out because of like XYZ. Here's some more examples. And then I'll kind of offer them something in the third email, like, hey, like we can make some custom designs for you if you want. And then I'll usually send like four to six emails in my cadence um, over the course of like a month. And then I'll just kind of keep, I'll send them like a bunch of results, um, more examples. And then finally, I'll be like, yo, you can't do this today because it would literally take you so much time. That's why, like, we exist because people can't do it (laughs) normally. Um, So, yeah, I just keep on with examples. I don't do the thoughts stuff. Um, I know it works for some people. I think it's kind of annoying because it's like, what is there to have a thought on? What am I thinking Mm -hmm. about? 
thoughts thoughts on what what am i thinking mm. on there's no there's no body in this email mm. um so yeah i don't do that i don't know do you do thoughts um i've done like agree <laughs> i've done everything yeah i used to do uh i used to do like just following up i've had uh, again against best practice and this is like um i stopped doing this probably uh probably like a year and a half ago when i first started yeah. looking into like what actually works because i think we were really struggling with response rates during covid i think that was the reason yeah um, but for sure i've had i've you know probably generated tens of thousands of pounds with the just following up um sometimes simple I'm, is better <laughs> yeah I, I even though i've had results it's one of those things where it's like even though i've had results with it though i actually don't agree with it like it's one of those things yeah. where it's like is it optimal you know yeah is it is it like, sometimes you get results with really bad things like cold calling for example um you could be a yeah. horrendous salesperson if you call enough yeah. people you will get results and then you if you yeah. if you're not smart enough and aware enough of what you're actually doing and you're not like yeah. even if it's not data like at least sit down and like at least think about it like you know how, yeah. how many emails this week have i sent where i've done this and it's worked you know it's actually it's actually worked be aware of it you don't have to be like a a data analyst with your stuff i don't think i think you can be intuitive but if you you know if i just called a thousand people and was just like you're right mate um basically i'm selling this you want it i'd probably get a few people who buy and if i wasn't aware yeah. enough of what i'm doing i might be like yeah this is the new pattern interrupt just telling them what it is and um yeah then you then you're just your um efficiency is really low but you you've tricked yourself into thinking that what you're doing is optimal when it actually isn't and that's like just following yeah. up like everyone does just following up um yeah circling back etc etc but for me what i think works so much better is what what you're talking about just trying to provide value as much as possible and yeah trying to hit um different pain points or um trying to adapt your outreach to something that they that person may or may, like how am i i'm not explaining myself very well but basically people want different <laughs> things, right? have different problems they want different things yeah. and you can't cover everything in the same email which is what some people yeah. try and do and they end up yes. like a hundred million words yes Oh my God, this also goes so, translates so well into like the sales cycle. Like so many people screw up follow-ups like in the sales cycle. So you've had that first meeting and like people will send this ginormous email after you meet them. They're like, okay, here's this and this. These are all your problems. These are all our features. This is why we're better than our competitors. And here's the pricing and here are the next steps. And then here's all of our case studies. And it's like, oh my God so much and then also a lot of people in the sales cycle follow up they're like just following up like do you want to meet again or do you want to buy and it's like you gotta like kind of sprinkle in a little value for each one like reminding them why they should keep on going um so yeah you want to just be like hey like i remember thought of you saw this case study or whatever or like this person's running that design you really want to run and it's seeing like the success like let's connect again or whatever you want to do but yeah the follow-up email though so many people have like oh so long so long mm. yeah i've seen some sequences where it's literally here's what we do like no, no yeah. um 
you know, no observation question. Statement, no observation. Question. It's just, it's just um, basically mm. copy and pasted from their website around what we do. We are a blah 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 blah. Um, oh you know, god! You want to work with us? And then it's like Bad. two days later. Hey, did you see my email? And then three days later. Hey, did you see my email? Ten days later. Hey, did you see my email? Um, yeah. What do you think of breakup messages, or do you just stop replying? Uh, I hate them, and you know what? I know a lot of people are like, "Oh, they get replies," but I think there is a certain level, like you said, like with the like just following up email. Like there is a certain level of integrity, even if it works for some people. I just like still, I can't even be bothered with it. Um, I find that most breakup emails are just really annoying. It's like, I guess like you're not interested in what I have to offer, so bye. It's like no one cared about you in the first place you literally no one cares about you when you're doing cold outreach they could give less of a fuck about you no thoughts given to you so the breakup email to me feels very like self-centered i think there's ways that some people execute it well where it's like hey like you know timing's probably off like blah 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 but i still think that's annoying because you know what like why should they respond to you you know what what have merits a response you're like cold outbounding them mm. so i don't do that i just kind of send like a, a final email in the sequence still with some value I'm usually like hey just so you know like this is if you were to do this manually this is how it would go down that's probably why you're not doing it like let me know if you want to try <laughs> um yeah what about you do you send them um so i was thinking about this because Again, it's one of those things where it's like, if you don't actually look into an area of, like, the area of study, area of study? I don't think that's the right term. Basically, if you don't actually, like, look into people who are actually studying this area that you're trying to improve in, like email, you are just guessing based on what you think is working and what isn't working. And maybe what your yeah. colleagues told you and maybe what a trainer's told you who probably hasn't actually done the thing in 10 years, but they've just read a book about it. So... I have I used breakup emails? Yes. But I think for me, what I've mostly done my career, which has helped, is I just call it polite persistence. Like I'm yeah. uh, I get on with people really well. I think you're the mm -hmm. same as well. And we might like slightly annoy people with our enthusiasm, but yeah, not enough like you know, we we're not like like no one would ever say like oh, you're a corporate dick like they'll just be like oh julia yeah. or something. but for yeah. me i'm like i will i will not if i really want to work with someone i will never stop reaching out to you now there will be yeah. gaps there'll be like logical Same. gaps. yeah so so the way Work i always gaps. did it in recruitment was and i won some like clients who would ne who've never worked with the companies before um it wasn't anything special i was doing my emails were probably actually weren't yeah. very good they were quite average mm -hmm. um but I would be like, reach out, follow up in like three days, follow up in three days, depending on the agency, depending on if they're recruiting yeah. for a role moment or whatever, um, follow up in like seven days, follow up in like two weeks, follow up in yeah. another two weeks. Um, yeah. I would eventually get to a point where they've never responded to five of my emails, right? They're opening yeah. the emails, whatever. They're not interested, yeah. right? It's fine. They're not telling yeah. me the timing's not right, but I know the timing's not right because they're not you interested. Know. Yeah. Um, so I would just go into my calendar and I would schedule something in two months and I'd just yeah. start the sequence again yeah. and I'd just run through the sequence. And, um, 
I, I won some people like one um i remember one company i i was trying to get into i probably called them like every three days for like six months yeah because they were just on my list and i was just and it got to the point where it was almost like a game because they wouldn't yeah the office like, manager wouldn't put me through and i started yeah, like yeah his name was tom actually i still remember it but he was like yeah, like monday monday thursday monday thursday every week it was like um yeah. he took all the calls he fielded all the calls he was like receptionist slash office manager yeah and i was like hi tom it's, it's dave again he was like okay he's like he's like victoria's not in david and i was like yeah she's never in is she like she's uh yeah, she's so weird how she's never she's here like, like um and uh i think one time I, I i'd sent a million emails over the course of like three or four months i'd called them yeah probably 40 times yeah. um and i just caught like the, the the um hiring manager just by pure luck yeah. and uh she was like oh i know about you you're the guy who just won't leave us alone and i think she said to me she was like are you ever gonna stop and i was like nope i was no, like not to meet with us really. yeah and literally uh, yeah, we met with them and they, they i think they started the meeting off by saying well first of all like whether or not we work for you or not um the only reason we're meeting with you and, the, and my manager. So you stop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Basically, they 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 said like we just realised you were never going to stop. Like it's been like four yeah. or five months. Like you will not stop. So, um, but you've always been polite in it. It's never been pushy. Yeah. It's it's you know it's reasonable. You're calling and we're not putting you through, and you've never been rude. Um, yeah. Which I think holds water really, and it builds up some sort of credibility anyway. And um, they're like, look, you clearly want to work with us. Let's we're here. You out. And um, yeah. I think there's something to be said in that and like just pure persistence, even if there's no quality around it, as long as you're polite and not pushy and you don't get offended, like you were saying, like they have no, you're not entitled to a response. No. Yeah, I totally agree. Like I have some contracts out for brands that I've been prospecting for over two years, like you just sometimes it just takes time and the timing's off and it's nothing against you or like your ability to help them or them being interested. Like sometimes like timing's literally off. Just think about all the times internally at like your company or in a former job or something where, you know, you're like, oh, like this would be great for next year because like this will be ending and like we'll be starting this. And then sometimes mm -hmm. you tell salespeople that you're like, hey, like we would love to start this in Q2. And then the salespeople are like, well, what about me? And like right now it's like, no, like Q2 is the time we want to start. Like, let it be. Um, so yeah, you just got to definitely be persistent. And honestly, I think recycling leads um, again, and you can even put them in a very similar cadence. I do it all the time. Like I'll revamp my cadence and then funnel people, old people kind of through it. And it's funny because people will not have opened any emails in my first cadence, but in the second cadence, suddenly they're like super engaged and interested and it's a really easy way to like move people back in and just kind of keep them in the loop and and you know get it done but yeah polite persistence is definitely key yeah the thing is as well right the way i look at it anyway you, you're always going to get people who are dicks like you're always going to get oh, yeah. person who's like you're a disgraceful salesperson you've emailed me seven times in in eight weeks like leave me alone but my yeah. argument is always like well I am providing value or trying to provide value. I am trying to solve a problem. At no point have you actually told me, you've never even replied. Yeah. I have yeah. no idea if you're even getting my email. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, like, I'm not trying to be rude. It's just that you haven't told me to stop. If you want to, yeah. If you want a salesperson to stop, the best thing to do is just tell them stop. stop. Yeah. And then they'll stop. <laughs> it's funny how that works. Um, yeah. I agree. It is. It is funny how that that works. How do you like? Um, like, do you have? an ego problem when you get too many rejections in a week or something like because I, f- I feel like most salespeople are quite egotistical or they're well, not egotistical but they have fragile egos and they get offended mm. easily because you know people will be like how dare you not reply to my email because i'm a master emailer and the problem solves your problem uh, sorry that my product solves your problem how dare you and they get really offended take it so personally um do you like how do you handle rejection because this job has constant rejection yeah, I think honestly, you just have to be like the new, the natural state of sales is rejection. Like it's just rejection all the time. So I don't really, I try not to get too, I don't really get too bothered by it. I also don't get a lot of emails where people are like, how did you get my information? You're harassing me. Like, I don't really get that, um, which helps. But I think, yeah, the natural state is rejection. So the wins are like, you know, rare and exciting and very good but you just can't put too much honestly just don't care just remove all caring from the job and it's wonderful like if you don't care it's just so much easier like you can just i just you know get ignored most of the day get rejected and then every once in a while someone's like yeah and i'm like perfect great um i think it's hard like because you do get kind of bogged down when you haven't booked something and maybe it's been like a week or two and you haven't booked anything or nothing has closed in a little bit and you're like, Oh God, it, you do kind of get a little email and like stressed out. Cause you're like, fuck, like I really need to get this going. But I think sales is such a natural cycle. Cause when things are busy, you're probably not like prospecting as much because you don't have time. So then naturally things are going to kind of decline. And then you start to panic cause you don't really have any pipeline. And then you're like, Oh my God. And then you spend all this time building pipeline. And then it's just, it's kind of just the natural cycle of how it goes. So um i think it's okay just be emo at all times and don't give a shit and then everything will be awesome and be skeptical yeah. like everything i'll literally have something so far down i'm like yeah it's not closing sorry and then it closes <laughs> and i'm like great <laughs> that's actually a really good tip um because that's something that took me a while to learn in recruitment for example because yeah. you just think like even when someone's accepted a job recruitment's a bit obviously different than tech sales because your product can literally yeah. just like ignore you and just go away. Yeah. Uh, I've had some very strange experiences with like people yeah. accepting job offers. Like I had this, um, I worked with this candidate, right? This is, re- this is one of my like go-to stories. And I really yeah. want to hear like a rejection story from you. Cause we were talking about them at the start of the podcast. Um, but the, yeah, I had this, uh, I was working with this, this candidate and basically the, the, the long and the short of it is got her had a really good relationship with her the process was like um the client basically bent over backwards for her and the hiring manager and the cto actually got into a fight because the cto didn't want to hire her but the hiring manager was like no she's the person we want and he was like right okay well look if you if you're actually gonna it's up to you then and if it blows up in the face it's your problem um and uh, oh he was God. like, yeah, no, she's great. We love her. And I offered her the job. It was like a £20,000 
increase or something, which is huge for her. Life-changing money. Yeah. She, she like, borderline cried on the video call on the phone when I offered her the job. And she, she was going to India um, back home for a couple of weeks, right? But she said, yeah. I'm so excited to start. I'm going to cut my holiday down by a few days. Amazing. So on the offer letter, accepted the job, whatever, handed a nurse, whatever. Okay. Um, didn't speak to her for the next few days. Uh, just because she was on holiday and I just assumed she wasn't replying. Like I was just messaging her, making sure she was okay. But yeah, I was like, cool, all ready to start everything. Everything was good. Yeah. They even like bought her um, hardware, which cost them like £10,000 or something. Yeah, a lot. She didn't turn up for the first day of work. Oh, right? no. So we just thought she maybe got the dates wrong, like the, the start yeah. dates wrong because of the waiting yeah, um, work. She didn't turn up the next week. Never heard, didn't hear from her for like a month. And then she emailed oh, me no. out of nowhere. And she was like, it was, it was a really blanket, like blank email, considering her personality was quite bubbly. She was, it oh, was like, God. hi, David. And she CC'd in the client as well, right? Just, hi, David. Oh, no. I've decided not to take this job anymore. Thanks. And, oh. uh, yeah, and that was it. So, yeah, people were weird. Oh. What's like, um, do you have any like rejection stories or interesting stories about like the negative side of sales that you can share? Oh God. Well, yes. Uh, like last week or two weeks ago, um, a almost client, we've been going through procurement for a while and I got an email. PandaDoc has been signed. I was like, PandaDoc has been signed. Let's go. And I'm so excited. And then I emailed them. I'm like, great. Like, we're so excited excited like here's let's schedule some time to get everything set up and they're like what do you mean it's signed it's not signed it's still illegal i was like well here's the document <laughs> like you signed it i don't know what you're talking about like it has been completed and they were like oh no like it is not done in procurement like we're still waiting on legal and all this stuff and i was like and obviously you have to honor it because first of all if I were to be rude about it, they would not want to do business with us. And it really is like, they're really trying to push it forward. It's not like they signed it and they're not going to do it. Um, but I was like, oh, I was so close. I really thought we were getting started. I've been literally pounding these people for two years, finally get the Panda doc. And they're like, oh, it was an accident. I'm like, how do you accidentally sign a document? Yeah. Like, how does that happen? I yeah. guess it is kind of easy because you just hit next, next, and it's done. Like, it's pretty easy to sign online these days. But, um, yeah, that was, like, pretty pretty savage. But, yeah, so we're still in procurement, still pounding it through day by day. <laughs> Have you had any, like, um, like, really bad rejection emails from prospects and stuff who are really rude? Honestly, like, no. I've had some people be – like, I had – most people – just say no thanks or like not really interested. But it's funny because I got this email from this one guy one time that just said stop in all caps and he's signing a contract now. So I'm like, <laughs> I feel like I'm in Mr. Brightside where it's like, it started out with a kiss. How did it end up like this? It's like started out with go fuck yourself. And now it's like, I can't wait to partner with you. <laughs> How did you turn that around then? Um, It was so... I reached out. He was like, stop. And then he like had connected with, he like, it, my boss is like in a community on Twitter. And I guess he like heard about it and heard like how good the service was. And 
he reached out more organically inbound and was like, oh, this looks great. So he probably didn't remember my email to him, but that's funny stuff. How it works. Yeah. I was just like, dude, like it's funny how that works. You were like, go away. Now you're like literally signing a contract. So yeah, there's this other thing as well. Um, they, so people who don't work in sales will comment on sales advice and be like, that's terrible. That would yeah. never work. I, I, as a prospect. And I'm then you tried on them and it works. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, um, what was the thing I was talking about the other day? I saw it as like, so basically, um, someone, had, someone had put up an objection. They were just like, ah, oh, you know, not interested, not the right time, whatever. Right. And yeah. the person like responded, um, trying to handle the objection, right. To try and continue the conversation. Mm -hmm. We all know as salespeople not interested or stop doesn't necessarily mean stop or not interested. If you push a yeah. little bit, you know, a lot of the time you can actually turn it around. Um, cause yeah. they just, they might just be in a bad mood or they just, just can't be asked to speak to you. And they're just like, not totally. interested, whatever. Right. The amount of times I've had, um, people say to me, like, uh, I, I think I even had someone like basically say, can you remove me for GDPR reasons? And Whoa. I was like, I mean, yeah, I can. I mean, it's actually probably yeah. better if we don't because, um, then like, there's no way for me to track you that you don't want to be spoken to because you're completely yeah. off the system then. And then there's yeah. a very high chance that in a few weeks, someone's going to re-add you onto the system and we're going to prospect you. And then you're going to be like, yeah. I told you to leave me alone. It's like, no, we did. We did what you asked, but we, 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 we have thousands. Yeah. No one people. knows. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I was like, I was trying to speak to him. I was like, I was like, it's better if I keep you on the system, but put a note on the system and like a blocker saying, don't contact this person. And we ended yeah. up in a conversation and I think he's, he, he or she was just like, um, well, what do you guys actually do then while we're speaking? And I was like, well, yeah, <laughs> while we're here, we ended up, we ended up booking a meeting for it, even though they were like initially like go away. So there's, um, yeah. I mean, you're always going to get people who are like, I've told you not interested, leave me alone. But yeah. And then you're like, um, this is why I was reaching out. <laughs> yeah. But people really that's did. the best way to handle the, when people are mad, you're like, be like, no problem. Just so you know, this is why I reached out. Like, let me know if this changes things. And honestly, like, sometimes it does change things. They're like, oh, that's pretty cool. It's like, yeah, that's why I contacted you, yeah. sir. <laughs> yeah, this is the thing. This is the thing. But um, just to finish this off, because we've been going for over an hour now, which is awesome. I've had a great time. But <laughs> me too. I want to get your thoughts on, like, chat GPT and AI and stuff. Like, how do you think that's going to affect, like, prospecting and sales over the next few years? Yeah. I mean, honestly, the AI emails really suck. And I know a lot of people are like, oh my God, well, you just need to put in a better prompt. It's just like, I don't think it's going to replace uh, certain things. I think, yeah, like AI can make things faster for certain aspects, but I'm not really like on the deep in, on the AI train, honestly. Like I kind of like to do everything myself. Um, I don't think it's going to replace salespeople because a lot of the emails it writes kind of suck. Um, yeah, I'm not really particularly in deep with the AI stuff. I think it's like, eh, it's cool. Hmm. Will it replace us? No, I don't think so. And most of it sucks. Like the sales loft integration with the AI, it has a new sales, uh, AI integration. It's literally so bad. 
it like ranks all of your tasks in terms of like what it thinks are the most important. But it's like, yeah, like this person responded to me because they're like in the middle of an opportunity. This isn't like a hot lead. This is like someone I've been speaking to for like two months, <laughs> you know? Mm. Um, so I don't think it's like totally smart enough yet. Can it help a lot of people? Sure. But I'm not, I'm skeptical. But to, to talk about what we were talking about earlier, similar to like, um, have you seen that AI driven cold call by Tesla? No, uh, I'll send it to you. It's really interesting. It's basically, um, someone's, someone's like expressed interest or like booked a, um, test drive for a Tesla car or something and then canceled the test, the test drive. And then the AI, uh, robot cold call thing has called it, yeah. called the person, called it, called the person. And, um, the man has picked up but he's super warm. Like he even says on the call, like all oh, my friends use Teslas, you know, I was planning on yeah. buying a Tesla. Um, and the, they don't, it's weird. Cause they don't disclose it's a robot on the call. Um, so he thinks it's an yeah. actual person. But if you, yeah. I don't know, maybe the, it's weird. The guy didn't realize he must've seen someone's off. Cause there's like, there's like delay on the responses and stuff. But yeah. anyway, the, the AI robot thing books, a a test drive in with um with the the person but i just yeah i i think what we're going to get to is like there's maybe going to be laws passed where it's like you'll have to disclose that it's like an ai contacting you yeah yeah i think you're right on that i think certain things like that where it's like okay like someone canceled a ride like you know you can kind of use ai to help expedite the process or technology to make those tedious tasks less tedious. Um, but I think for like your everyday, like, you know, sales to sales type, you know, B2B type salesperson, I don't think it's going to replace a lot of what we do. Yeah. But um, cool. it's been super fun having you on. Thanks so much for coming on. And thanks uh, for having me. This was so fun. <laughs> yeah, no worries. You have to come back on again. Where yes. can people find you? You can find me on LinkedIn as the Slay E, aka Julia Carter. Definitely, you know, check me out there. But yeah, that's where you can find me. Awesome. I'll put the, your um, your LinkedIn uh, link. So if anyone wants to work with you or find out a bit more about what you do, um, they can do that. And um, yeah, no, that was awesome. Thanks so much. Thanks.